Lord God, we thank you that when we come into your presence, things are changed. So God, we thank you that as we come together this morning and lift up the name of Jesus, as you are glorified in this place, you are changing things. God, where there is no hope with you, there is hope. God, where it looks like there is no way with you, there is a way. God, where we need more love, would you provide? Where we need more mercy, you provide. Where we need more hope, you provide. And so God, this morning, we lift up our burdens to you. And we know that uh, in, in your presence, there is power. And in your presence, things can change. And so this morning, God, we lift up broken relationships to you. God, this morning, we lift up broken bodies to you. And God, we know that you are moving in ways that we can't see. God, would you bring restoration? Would you bring healing? Would you be renewing our minds this morning? Would you be transforming our hearts to make us more like Jesus? God, we don't want to just come in here out of routine this morning, but we want to come and be transformed by an encounter with you. And so, God, this morning, we just bring it all to you. We don't leave it at the door. We bring it all to you. And we lay it at your feet. And we declare that despite our circumstance, you are good. God, regardless of what lies before us, you are good. Whether we are in the valley or the mountaintop, you are good and worthy of our praise. Hosanna in the highest, Jesus' name above all names. God, we are convinced that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. God, not height, nor depth, nor angel, nor demon. God, nothing can separate us from your love. So God, would you pour out your spirit on us this morning? God, change us, transform us, make us more like Jesus this morning. Heal us and make us whole in your name for your glory, God. We thank you for salvation, for loving us enough to send your son to die. God, we thank you for this, the greatest gift we receive from you. I give you glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. You can take a seat. So nice to be in the house this morning. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Oh, that was a big wave up the back. I love it. Hey, girls. Uh, I'm just here for some announcements. Are you keen for that? What do I tell you every single time? I'm not the best announcement giver. Get the Church Centre app. (laughs) The Church Centre app will help you uh, to know what's coming up in church life. It keeps you connected to the family. It shows you uh, what might be happening. You download it. Uh, You can see what small groups are running. Join a small group that way if you want. Uh, You can see what events are coming up that you might want to register for. Uh, Youth will be in there and a play group. If you have play groups, I'm a play group aged person now because I have a playgroup aged child and it's the best. I love playgroup. Uh, You can see when playgroup is happening, you can see when youth is happening, you can see uh, when church is happening, you can see when things like the uh, the awesome uh, grand tour yesterday. How was that? Anyone go on the grand tour? Who was the winner? Oh, sure, sure. But somebody was the winner, weren't they? No, that looked like an awesome time so the, the crew went out for that. If you missed out on the grand tour... That's sad, but you can go on the next one. The best way to know when that's happening is to download the Church Centre app. So if you don't have that, um, go ahead and download it. And uh, it's just a great way to keep connected with church life. That said, I do have some quick announcements for you just to point out uh, from that. Of course, you can always find more announcements in your newsletter, which you get emailed to you, or, surprisingly, you can find on the Church Centre app. Uh, But here's your announcements. There's two things happening in the foyer. 
when you walk out of here today, you'll see them. And that's the two announcements. Number one, you'll see the compassion table is set up out there. So we have six children available for sponsorship in the Philippines. Is it still six? Still six. Six children available for sponsorship. If you haven't been around SBC for a long time, uh, you might not know this, but we actually sponsor a large number of children, all from the Philippines, uh, from a number of different compassion projects there. Um, and, and over the years, before COVID slowed us down, the team would often go over and get to meet those uh, compassion children. And we have a great partnership with the churches there. So as part of the heart of SBC, uh, that we, we get to sponsor uh, the, the, the kids from the Philippines. There's six of them out there. Uh, if it's something that's on your heart, please um, stop by the table and have a chat to Pete and Sue because they would love to uh, talk to you about about how to set up sponsorship and, uh, and really just the heart for why we do that. Also, if you turn to the person next to you on one side or maybe even the other side, the chances are there'll be somebody around you who also sponsors a child from the Philippines um, because we truly, we sponsor so many from that area um, and it's just such a great blessing to, to be able to do that together. And you look and you're like, oh, my child's at the same project as your child. I wonder if they're friends. And uh, it's honestly, it's such a blessing to be a part of and as we partner with those churches and those projects. So... Six of them out there, go and have a look, uh, and, and Pete and Sue would love to help you set up some sponsorship with them after the service. The other thing that is out there is these cool cards, because when is Father's Day? Does everyone know? When's Father's Day? I don't know. <laughs> they don't actually know. Let me give you the hot tip. It's next Sunday. Next Sunday. All right, it's next week. So anybody who is like just realised that they need to buy their dad a present, uh, this is your reminder. I'm reminding you right now it is next Sunday. The thing that you can do if you like, uh, if your dad's already got enough socks and enough slippers and, I don't know, do dads like ties? I don't know. Handkerchiefs? I don't know what my husband's getting for Father's Day, but it's obviously going to be a real treat. Uh, you can, uh, but what you can get is these awesome uh, cards. So it is a little card for your dad, but uh, it costs a little more than a standard card, uh, but that's because uh, it's going toward fundraising uh, for jerry cans of fuel. And these jerry cans... Imagine if you just bought your dad a jerry can. Who would be stoked to just get an empty jerry can? Probably some dads, yeah. Uh, but these jerry cans, they don't actually come to you, Dad. Uh, they're actually... They go to uh, a mission uh, organisation who uses the jerry cans and uses the fuel, so... I don't know that they... Anyway, they use the fuel uh, for uh, different sorts of flights, uh, for all kinds of uh, ministry and service opportunities um, to, for people in need. Now, apparently, Scott Van Ginkle knows all about it. He's shaking his head, but Pastor Jackie told me you do. So, Pastor Jackie and Scott are going to be out by that table afterwards. So, if you need a card for your dad, uh, you're going to have to buy your dad a card anyway to write, like, Love you, Dad. Thanks for all you do. So you might as well buy him a card that has a great cause attached to it as well. Um, this one's my favourite because you can do some colouring in. Do the colouring in uh, and write on it. There's different dollar amounts uh, for how much. You scan it with a QR code. It's very simple. So the team would love to help you with that. Um, just a great opportunity to bless others while also honouring your dad this Father's Day because it's next week. Amazing. Good? Got it? Sorted? All right. Uh, offering buckets, I should have said, should be passed out. <laughs> Can we go ahead and pass those now as well? Uh, <clears throat> and then we're going to uh, pray for our offering, and then we'll do a minute mingle, and then SBC Kids is on today. 
Stoked about that. It's a good, good, good Sunday to be in church. So uh, the offering buckets are going around. I'm going to pray for the offering uh, as they get passed as well. Lord, we just thank you that as we give to your kingdom, uh, we see your kingdom advanced. God, as an act of obedience, we give uh, willingly and joyfully to you and your kingdom for the betterment uh, of your church uh, and for the, uh, the growth of the kingdom in Jesus' name. Uh, Jesus, your name above every name this morning. So we thank you for how you've blessed us, uh, and God, we just put our trust in you this morning with our giving. Amen. Amazing. Why don't you stand to your feet? Do a little shimmy. I don't know why. Do a little shimmy. And, uh, and we're going to do our five minutes of mingle. SBC Kids, it's time to check in. Move on out of your seat. Let someone know what you're going to do with this beautiful, sunny, warm day out there. Uh, are you going to go for a walk? Are you going to take the boat out, Pastor Brad? What are you going to do? And if you're online, please just uh, have, a, have a chat in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're here. Um, we love that you're joining us this way this morning. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll be back in five minutes. God, we just declare that you are good. God, above everything, we lift the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you that you are faithful, you have been faithful, and will continue to be so. And God, we can put our trust in you this morning and always. God, we thank you for who you are and how you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, team. Why don't you take a seat? It's me again. Surprise. Uh, I'm actually here because uh, I'm introducing a story of hope. Who loves our story of hope series? Honestly, it's so good. I love it. I love it. I get the privilege of uh, being there when they're filmed and then also editing them together. So I feel like I really get the encouragement of the stories of hope just like deep in my soul. Uh, And this morning, we're going to be hearing from James, James Tonkin. Who knows James? Even if you don't know James, by the end of this morning, you're going to get a really good sense of who James is. And, and so I sat down uh, with James earlier this week, and uh, truly, I've been encouraged all week uh, by how faithful God is. James uh, has such a great story of, of uh, how faithful God is, but also uh, a deep trust in who God is, regardless of the season. Regardless of uh, if things are good or bad, going well or not, just a great trust and a great uh, belief that God is who he says he is, is as good as he says he is, is as loving as he says he is. And truly, I've been so encouraged and I hope you will be also. Uh, And James is here this morning, so you can corner him afterwards and ask for all the good details uh, and and really where this strength of of faith comes from is from God. And so I hope you're encouraged this morning. The team are going to play that for us, but going to be great. You're going to love it. Thank you. Hi, my name is James. So my parents, you probably know my parents, my parents are Brecken Pauline Tonkin. I actually have a fairly long association with SBC. My dad was in the Air Force, so uh, we our first stint in um, sales at Stratford was uh, in 2000 to 2010. So most of that was during my teenage years. So um, I did six years of uh, youth group and I was actually a youth intern in uh, as soon as I finished school in 2008. So I was born with spina bifida. Spina bifida is a neurological condition where um, your back doesn't form properly, including um, the skin. 
So basically I had a big hole in my back and in my spine. Your, your spinal cord is within your spine. So what that meant was all my nerves going into my legs, unfortunately, were outside my body. Um, so all they could do was shove them back in and close over the hole. That affected uh, three things, bone growth, uh, muscle development, and sensation. I wouldn't say that it's um, uniform. I would say that it's patchy. So, for example, you know, I might be able to feel here or I can't feel there or, or, or whatever. Some places I feel shallow pain, so something that's happening on the surface around your skin, but I might be able to feel deep pain or like something around the, the bone or in a place I might not be able to, or I might be able to feel the shallow pain, but not the deep pain. So um, it has, as I said, bone growth and muscle development were affected. It has meant that I've needed quite a few corrective surgeries on my legs. I've had an ankle reconstruction. I broke my bones earlier this year and I've had knee surgery. And um, so all up, I've had 35 surgeries. Um, when you consider that I'm only 33, that is more than one year that I've been alive. I think growing up in a Christian home, you sort of just get into these rhythms. And so the rhythms for me while I was a teenager was stuff happens, I deal with the stuff and we move on. And I guess it wasn't until I became an adult that I really sort of started to understand that rhythm and where that rhythm come from. And it really comes from a place of faith and peace. Because, you know, if God is in control, then at the end of the day, all of this is going to be okay. Um, and that God is actually bigger than the things that we are going through. So he actually has it under control. We might not think that we have, he has it under control, but at the end of the day, he knows. I think back to my teenage years, and I had that really rudimentary faith where I read something in the Bible and I believed it. And so you read stories of healing. Um, uh, uh, one that really resonates with me is the healing at the gate beautiful in um, Acts and where you know Peter just says I can't give you what you what 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 you think you want but I can give you what I know you need get up and walk and my question was if Peter can just say get up and walk why can't I, I have the power of Jesus within me why can't I just say James walk or I am healed. And so I guess in my teenage years, I was sort of grappling with that. And you sort of block out what's hard. And so there was this off the cuff, yeah, God can heal me, but I didn't actually pursue it because if I pursued it and it didn't happen, I would be let down. <laughs> I didn't want to go down that track. You know, if someone asks me, can God heal me? Yeah, God can heal me. But, you know, pursuing it is another, is another matter. I remember this one time during my internship and it was a youth, we were doing a, a, a youth on a Friday night, youth rally on a Friday night. And um, 
It's a really impactful sermon. And so it sort of lingered. I was down the back in the media box doing all the media. And so I, I sat there until I realised that they weren't going to go into any more songs or um, there wasn't going to be much more music. And so I shut down the computers and, and everything and I walked down to the front because I thought, well, I'll be available for anyone who needs me. I stepped one step towards the front of the church and just the presence of God just slammed me like a ton of bricks. And, but that sense of the presence of God has just come in to my life so many times in some extraordinary ways. Yeah, after as an intern, I, I moved to Geelong. I, uh, I was only there for a year. And uh, within that first year, I had some fairly serious um, medical issues, which meant that I questioned whether Geelong was the right place for me. That was my ankle reconstruction. And so what that meant is they had to break my tibia, my ankle, um, because my ankle, my tibia was um, twisted. So they had to straighten that. But then when they straightened my tibia, my foot was at the wrong angle. So they had to break that and straighten that. Because they broke so many bones in my ankle, I was in what was called external fixation, which if you can imagine a big ring here, a big ring here and a big ring here. And then um, they had pins that go from one side of the foot right through the middle to the other side. And so through here, through here, through here, through here, through here, through here. And then they have one that drives the whole thing. Um, and so I was in those external fixations for 10 weeks. Just so happened that um, that same year, Dad got posted to Adelaide. And so I decided to, to move to Adelaide um, for, for that time, do uh, the same or similar course in, uh, in Adelaide. Unfortunately, their way of doing uh, disability um, support was, yep, sweet, you've got spina bifida, cool, see you and your, your degree. I tried for about uh, three or four weeks and decided, no, can't do this. Uh, so that was a fairly hard time going, I've moved to Adelaide, I barely know anyone and, you know, I'm lost my sense of what I'm actually doing here. It, it's funny how God works uh, because that same year um, my grandfather got mesothelioma and, and died late that year. We hadn't lived in Adelaide my whole childhood so at that point I was 20 years old so I had only seen my grandfather on and off one, maybe once or twice a year for my first 20 years. It was the first year I'd spent the whole year in Adelaide with my grandparents. And so you can sort of see where God's working. He's brought me over to Adelaide for that season where Granddad was sick and passed away. I get that sense looking back. You know, at the time, I probably was a little bit annoyed at God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, looking back, I can see where God was at work. I finished up at uni doing a Bachelor of Arts and Commerce in uh, 2014. 
Around that time, my church merged with a smaller church on the other side of Geelong. And I was approached to set up a, a youth program at that church. And um, I thought, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I, I had always been like keen on youth and on leadership. And so at the time I'm like, yeah, this is a really good step for me. So I went over over there. I was um, key leader for two years. Um, so the, tr- the truth is I burnt out after these two years. I wasn't angry at God. I almost felt like God was the only thing I was hanging on to. Yeah, so I went to Melbourne and I was in that season of burnout. Now, once again, God working in miraculous ways. The church that I landed at in Melbourne was probably the best place for me. Even though I had extensive youth uh, experience, they didn't throw me into the, into ministry straight away. The youth pastor at that, at that church, he allowed me to say what I was feeling. He just went, this is your story and I just want to hear it. And that was a great time of healing. After I finished my uh, graduate diploma, I moved into school chaplaincy. And so I was in school chaplaincy at two schools in Melbourne um, and uh, only finished up at the end of last year. What I found through talking to other people and seeing other people's reactions is that I don't need to have all the answers. I don't need to have this major theological position on everything. All I need to be is authentic. Through my story, people would actually learn about what it's like to move through um, challenges. If people can understand how to be resilient, part of that is actually hope. Jesus is your hope and Jesus will never let you down. And so that's how I move forward, going, Jesus is my hope. Twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, um, in amongst COVID and everything, we're sort of going well, what's realistic in terms of independence and we came to a position of look my back is deteriorating and so there's going to be a time where living in Melbourne isn't um, practical. The thought of leaving Melbourne, leaving leaving a, a, a job that I was enjoying, leaving a church that I was involved in and enjoying at the time was frustrating and annoying you don't question God but you just go alright this is another another pothole on the road God what do you actually want it was a time of really searching and trying to work out where God wanted me and I guess it's one of those times where we talked about before where you sort of just shut off parts because you put it in the too hard basket Unfortunately, in um, November last year, I fractured my femur 
Um, actually, broke it in half. Yeah, people ask me how I did it, and the truth is that quite unbelievably, I was just doing a glute stretch and I was lifting my leg off my knee at the time and I just heard this massive crack like a gunshot going off yet my leg went dead um, and I went into shock luckily my housemate was sitting right next to me when he looked at me I was white as a ghost um and he called the ambulance. Um, at this point, I thought I must have dislocated my um, hip because I'm like, how on earth could, you know, it, it wasn't even a consideration of how could I have snapped a boat. So I went to the hospital and sure enough, I snapped my femur in half and had to have surgery. That was surgery number 34. Um, and so they had to put a, a rod in the length of my femur inside the bone to make it strong again. Unfortunately, that didn't work as well as they would have hoped. Um, the fracture didn't heal. And so earlier this year, um, I had more surgery to put a bone graft into the femur. That worked really well. Oh, the bone was healed within two or three weeks, which was absolutely amazing considering the the pain and the uh, and the weakness that I was going through the previous six months. I always had the plan to go back to work, um, whether that was term one or term two. You know, that was always the plan. When I went to the doctor and he said we need to have more surgery, the sick leave was just getting longer and longer. I. Obviously, didn't want to resign from uh, from work and you know step away from ministry at church. But at the end of the day, as much as I'm disappointed, I know that it's God's plan. The thing that I remember when I'm in those times of valley, in those times of depth of despair, is that. The Bible, the Bible heroes actually went through the, the same thing. That makes me feel okay to actually get a little bit annoyed with God and to actually tell him that I'm annoyed with him. Then turn around and go, but it's actually okay that I am going to get through this because I have that faith in God. I look back at uh, the Lord's Prayer and it says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is actually here on earth. It's here on earth and in heaven. I believe that if we have enough faith, we can see the things of heaven coming down here on earth. We carry the kingdom of God with us. When God promises to heal me, I don't see this distinction between earth and heaven. Also, time is God's. We have this concept of time, but it's actually so different to God's sense of time because God is for eternity and our sense of time is so minute compared to eternity. God will heal me 
100% God will heal me in his time. Whether that's in this creation or whether that's in the new creation, that's up to God. Despite my circumstance, I'm going to trust that God's got it under control and I'm going to live life in his power. A good friend of mine once said, um, you only truly find God when you get to the end of yourself. That has resonated with me throughout my whole journey that it's okay to ad admit that you're at the end of yourself. You can't go on anymore. But that's the time that God really breaks, breaks through. Now, a lot of people ask me, you know, how can you have faith in a season that you're in? My kind of answer is, how can I not? Because at the end of the day, I, my, the context of my suffering, if you like, is within God. So therefore, if I believe that God is in control, that actually gives me a little bit of peace to go, no matter what I go through, it's going to be okay. Don't know what to say after that. It's a pretty amazing story, isn't it? And um, I just felt that it's a story that we need to hear. I mean, all these stories of hope are ones that we need to hear and ones that need to encourage our spirits. It's great for me to get up and preach a sermon, but sometimes just someone's story of faith is what we need to hear and be reminded of that God is in control. God loves us. He has a plan. Um, I was sharing a verse uh, yesterday morning at the men's breakfast from 2 Corinthians 5, which says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. But I want to read a, a bigger portion of that scripture and then the band's going to come up and do one more song. Um, and I, I just want to give you an opportunity just to respond in your own way to God, to, to maybe think, um, where's, where's my hope in? You know, James said at one point there, Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my hope. You know, we can so easily get our eyes fixated on something in this world to be our hope, whether that's a certain circumstance to change a certain relationship to happen, a certain whatever it is, we can say, that's, that's what my hope is in, that that would happen or that wouldn't happen or this would change or that would change. But these are all uh, temporary things. Jesus is eternal. Jesus is our hope. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this tent talking about our bodies, desiring to put on our heavenly dwelling. Since when we have taken it off, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed, so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. I mean, there's so much in that scripture. But the idea that 
Heaven is our home. This is a temporary place. We are, um, as Hebrews says, we are um, just journeying through life. In Hebrews uh, 11, it talks about this idea the heroes of the faith. Are just, they knew that the, this was just a, a temporary place for them to, to be and heaven was their ultimate home. Jesus is our ultimate goal. He is our ultimate hope. And so whatever situation, season you find yourself in this morning, I want you to be reminded that this earthly tent, this earthly tent, this earthly dwelling, dwelling place is, is not forever. There is something so much more to look forward to. And so no matter what you face, you get to have hope in a terrible season. In a good season as well, you get to have hope. And what a shining light that is to those that don't yet know Jesus. To say, it doesn't matter. I know where I'm going. I know where my hope is. I know who holds the universe and who holds my life. So can we stand and pray just respond with faith and sing and worship one last time. Lord Jesus, this morning we, we thank you so much for the faith and the story that James shared with us. God, that you are his hope, his eternal hope. And God, we thank you that you are our hope as well. God, in the midst of storms and in the midst of peace, God, you don't change. You hold the universe, you hold our lives. You hold everything in your hands. And God, I pray this morning for anyone who's feeling like they're lacking hope or lacking faith, God, that you would give it. God, you promise in your word that you will give us faith. And so, God, we, we ask that you would fill us with your faith, fill us with that spirit as that down payment of what's to come once again. God, we thank you so much for your love for us, for this church, for this amazing group of faithful believers. God, we thank you that you work in our lives and you work through us to bring about your glory and your kingdom transformation on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name.